Guys, it is that time again. Welcome back to another edition of the Raptors 2K Podcast brought to you by our friends at Uber Eats. A lot has taken place since the last time we worked together for episode number 15. You know, some holidays have passed. The NBA 2K League draft just passed as of last night. So it's good to reconnect here. Of course, I got my boy, my ultimate co-host, homie, my man, Shane. Shane, tell me what's going on in your world. I know the world of esports is in a little bit of peril right now, but hopefully everything's good for you in the squad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Good to see you, man. I think uh, it's been since before Christmas. Uh, so good to reconnect. And when we were talking to Johnny, we were going to possibly record one last week. But with the league having the draft yesterday, it just made sense. Let's just kind of pick up uh, right after the draft when we kind of know what we're looking at for a Raptors Uprising roster this year. And uh, we got India joining as well. And, uh, you know, we always keep it a buck here. But it uh, yeah. sounds like you guys have some questions about the moves that were made. I can tell you, you know, the one that was, you know, obviously nearest and dearest to my heart was Kenny. But um, I won't steal our thunder. However, I will say going into it a little skeptical, uh, I sat in on the reasoning and it was incredibly well thought out and researched and all that. So I'll look forward to being the devil's advocate, uh, advocating for the side of the moves <laughs> that were made, even though, again, it was a tough one for me, you know, saying bye to Kenny. Um, but I, I want you guys to kind of check. I want us to have an honest conversation about, you know, what we did and the direction we're going, because it'll be fun to look back at the end of the season and see, you know, what ends up playing out. Um, but yeah, esports is crazy. I mean, you know, AMP is a little bit removed from esports specifically. Like our, our, you know, business, we, we're allowed to, uh, we're able to kind of cross over into all kinds of different, you know, genres and collabs and like budgets. You know, when you're thinking about partnering with brands, you know, we can do sports stuff and and uh, you know, comedy stuff and whatnot. But we're yeah. definitely in an esports winter. We were just talking about this a few moments ago before the cameras were rolling. Uh, the sponsorship world is crazy. I mean, you know, we're we're definitely in a, a recession. Uh, it seems pretty obvious. Um, you know, for, for me, I remember back when the pandemic broke and they were talking about, you know, this might lead to a recession in the wake. I, I started Googling because, you know, in 2008, 2009, like I didn't really feel anything myself necessarily as like a high school kid or whatever. You know, my dad you know, worked in the stock market. I'm sure he was stressed, but didn't, you know, didn't really feel it necessarily myself. And I was like, what am I going to notice if we go into a recession? And, the, you know, the article I read kind of started off with talking about like air travel. And I have felt that because air travel is a nightmare right now it just feels like everyone's <laughs> under resourced everyone's understaffed and can you find a flight for under a grand like it's just crazy how expensive it is to to fly right now um so we're, we're in it and you know the other area that that definitely touches is marketing budgets sponsorship budgets and um you know esports is going through a little bit of a winter lots of layoffs at some of the bigger orgs and you know uh nobody is insulated from that even as hot as amp is you know certainly the conversations we're having with brands or everyone's kind of tightening their belt um but Again, one of the things we were talking about just before this is I was, you know, tuned into the draft, you know, thinking as some of these other leagues that had just such crazy overhead and burn rate are, are starting to kind of fizzle out from the beginning and kind of, kept, you know, built something that seems sustainable. You know? All right. Well, Shane is having some uh, some technical issues, which is all good. Shane. Okay, you're kind of lagging a little bit there, man. I don't want to do that in the actual 2K I game. That I'm might back. be a little bit of a problem, but it's all good. But no, I feel everything you're saying, man, and really it just kind of comes down to, you know, you just always got to be prepared. You know, as you said, it's a little bit of a bubble and it. Maybe we're starting to see it burst just a tad bit. But, you know, for everybody involved in at least the 2K league, there's some, some stability there for sure. So, you know, big shout outs everybody involved in there i know that again the draft night was yesterday so it's a good look all right well before we jump into everything shane what are you going to be ordering from uber East today i got my poke bowl already queued up and i'm hoping it's going to get here before you i gave myself a head start this time that's like at least six straight poke bowls i think for you i'm going to go like with 
I'm going to go with a Canadian classic, a Mr. Sub. 12-inch assorted, extra cheese. Yeah, it's like Subway, but better. Oh, okay, so, okay. So growing okay. up as kids, so there was Subway, and they basically cut the bread, but they leave it, you know, like attached on the one side, and there was Mr. Sub, yeah. and they cut it straight across. I think Subway blew up, became even bigger, and became even more like kind of processed, whereas Mr. Sub stayed a little more mom and pop and humble. And so whereas okay. Subway has kind of deteriorated to a point where I just can't even really eat it, Mr. Sub is still a classic that I love and reminds me of my childhood. So be getting one of those. And they've probably got less controversy. So with that said, let's <laughs> jump right into the podcast. Somebody who's actually there on the floor, in the fray, made in India. Somebody who's made it in the 2K League is now joining us to give us his thoughts on exactly what went down in that historic draft night. India, welcome to the show. I'm literally okay. manifesting you here. And there he is. <laughs> Law of attraction. It's a thing, Phil. I promise you. But hey, Phil, Shane, thank you so much for having me on the Raptors 2K podcast. It's great to have you here, man. You're such a pro, even from like the first five seconds of just hearing your uh, radio voice. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I can already tell this is going to be an easy one. Sometimes Phil and I have to like pull the conversation out and sometimes yes. they just flow a little easier. I bet you this is going to You will have easier. to mute me if we go too long. So that won't yeah, be yeah. an issue. No, 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 no. Well, hey, like you, you, you found your lane though, right? You started off doing stuff on Twitter. A lot of guys do. A lot of people have, I think, early yeah. on looked for opportunities within the 2K League. And I can say a lot of people through Twitter found it. You know, people kind of found ways to rise to the top and you are one of those guys. And uh, I know Matt and some of the folks at the league identified you pretty early on. And it's been great to watch your role with them grow. And, uh, you know, like I said, you're just a, a true pro. You were here in Toronto for Scout the North and I got to see it. So. Good to have you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Appreciate that so much, man. It was plan C. I wanted to be a player, realized six minutes in, it wasn't going to happen. And then, you know, I got to be a scout for Big West and the Hornets. And uh, it was just it was just good for Matt and BFW. Obviously, Frank himself gave me a shot. And one thing led to another, man. It's fun. And now I've got a whiteboard full of nerdy 2K stuff behind me with the draft. <laughs> well, it looks pretty good. I can relate to you on the wanting to be a player and then switching over to the media side of things. Like, I'm right there with you, bro. I'm right there with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard funny yeah. stories, man. We got to hang sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, it is. it can be rewarding for sure. I mean, for you, you know, India, I guess, like, the first thing I really want to know is, like, how has your, like, life kind of changed since, you know, becoming an official member of the 2K League? Like, what's big the, been the biggest difference for you these last couple of years? I'm, I'm someone who loves to know what is happening behind the scenes, right? Like how does this individual that I'm watching on TV know when to toss it, know to do this? When, how are the graphics being done so well? How's a replay happening instantly? This play just happened two seconds ago. And now I finally get a chance to do that, right? Like when I'm on air now, it's like, yeah, the producer's in my ear and I got to concentrate on the producer about who I'm tossing yep. it to while talking about my hit, while looking at the camera and remembering what I have to say and everything else. Um, so it's the behind the scenes that I've really gotten to learn a lot more about. And I feel like I'm truly a part of the community and the in the 2K scene, right? Because, you know, I, I came from Twitter, like Shane mentioned. So I was sliding into DMs when I wanted to play. I was like, hey, man, I'm a power forward at 7-3, terrible build. Don't ever do it. But, you know, I, I got a chance to watch people play themselves, like Gazuli, Bag Motion, um, Bray, who just got picked as well. So it was it's kind of cool to then see them on Twitter, to play with them in these tournaments, then to interview them in post-game interviews when we're in our hub, in our home station. So it's, it's full circle. It's great. Absolutely love it. India, did you have any uh, like traditional broadcast media training? Like, did you literally just come off Twitter and start providing mm. analysis? Or like, did you go to school for this? 
did not go to school. The only broadcast experience I had was in the shower pretending to be somebody I wasn't yet, to be honest. Um, you know, and so like I said, Phil, law of attraction, man. Uh, but no. And, you know, Harris, my man, makes all fun of me a lot because he went to broadcast school. And I was like, so Harris, you're saying you and I have the same job and you went to school for it? Is that what you're telling me? Um, but no, it's, it's, it's fortunate. And I joke with people all the time. Shout out to my third grade teacher. Being a class, being a class clown has finally paid off. That's how I look at it. It took 30 plus years, took 30 plus years, but it finally paid off. And I absolutely love what I do. Yeah, but it's a great example of like the internet being like a, an equalizer, you know, it just sort of creates yeah. like equal access. Like literally mm -hmm. all you needed was a Twitter account and, you know, some drive and some passion. And because I listen to you and even again, the way your voice sounds, you know, when you're talking to us, like I'm an amateur, I'm just here because of my affiliation with, with the league and because I, I think I know stuff and I, and I speak confidently about the things I think I know about. Right. But yeah. you, when I'm talking to you, like I can hear it. I mean, you, I could see going on a trajectory and, and maybe it's long-term 2k league but I could see it being other, you know, IRL sports, you know, TV broadcasts. Like you have that very professional broadcast uh, character to your, to the way you speak. So it's awesome. You know, I love the fact that, you know, someone who maybe didn't realize they were, you know, good at this at a young enough age to go on the right career you know, or sort of education path found it through other means. It's uh, it's a great yeah. story about finding an opportunity on the internet. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, this is plan C. Wanted to be a player, wanted to be a coach or a GM, but this was plan C. And honestly, it's the best thing that could happen to me. That's great. Nah, I, well, I with players, it's stressful. Bro. You sure know that. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I mean, obviously, like you, you talk about stress, just look no further than last night. You know, the, the draft went down. I mean, obviously, you were there, you were covering it. And I, I just got to get from your perspective, just being on the floor, like what was the vibes right there? Like what were some of like, the biggest surprises that came out of draft night for you? Bougie being picked by the Hornets that early was just flabbergasting to me, especially when you had Glow, who you could have taken to play alongside Crown and possibly have a phenomenal defense going into season six. And then you could have gotten Bougie on the back end, right? Let's be honest. Bougie was probably not on a lot of people's draft board. Should he be in the league? I believe yes. But at that pick, no. Right? Mm -hmm. So to me, that was the biggest surprise, um, biggest reach, if you will, of, of the night. And, of course, you had a couple of snubs that we can talk about here in a moment as well. But that's what it was for me. I thought the Hornets could have managed things a little bit better. Um, and, and they've historically been able to like find gems in the draft, right? Like yes. I've always, I've always been historically impressed. It always seems like they're down and out with their picks. They've had some bad bounces here and there, people getting, you know, suspended and stuff like that and always seem yeah. to be able to make something from it. So might this one and age like, well for them or you think it's a, well, here's the thing. You just, you just left season five, not making the playoffs in either game modes, right? You, you had a, you had, a, you had twice the opportunity. You still couldn't do it. Um, and you had guards who were the lowest, probably bottom five. They had two point guards. They had Tate and they had uh, King Hod, and they were in the bottom five in points per game, efficiency, this, that, the other. And then you still went ahead and took a swing this season. I love Big West. He's no, he knows I've got a lot of love for him. But, like, man, Big West, you want me back in that war, war room, call me. Call me. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the biggest one, Phil, for me was just bougie. Again, I'll make it clear. I believe he should be in the league. He's got the talent, but yeah. I don't think they set him up for success. Because Shane, how many times have you heard this where a player gets drafted too high, now has to go ahead and live up to that expectation 
does it, and that hurts his career down the road. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but it happens so often. I mean, yeah, that happens across uh, sports and esports systems that have drafts, right? Like it happens in, in sports all the time too. Someone comes in and they're just uh, a little inflated. Although, I, I guess the two K league is more prone to uh, you know those types of wild swings because it's a little bit less you know analysis done on it at, at large, right? Talking about traditional sport, there's just whole armies of analysts and scouts, and you know the development system is a lot easier to kind of know to scout from to know what you're getting by the time they get to the draft, right? That's always the thing with the 2K league, and that's why I kind of laugh because you know I, I trust that you're you're probably right. Obviously, you know I'm at arm's length these days, so my level of knowledge yeah. on this is you know just based on my experience, but and less about the current data set. But um, you know I, I laugh because maybe at the end of the season we look back and that turned out to be a great pick, and Wes knew something. Who knows? You know, I can I'll hear West flipping the game all this right now. Yeah, exactly. He's keeping it. He's keeping it. Uh, keeping the receipts for social later. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do, essentially, right? I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, obviously there was like a lot of things, and like you, you mentioned snubs. But before before we get into the potential snubs, this is the Raptors Two K podcast. Yes, it is. India, break down to me what has happened with this team now. Kenny is no longer Kenny, one of my favorite players. One of the journeymen who was still on his original team from season one has now departed. And the team is just I like, mean, this looks like a whole different, you know, unit. What's going on? To me, I feel like when Chris signed his contract with Raptors Uprising GC, it was in there that I'm going to bring a broom and just clean house. All right. Because that's, that's pretty much what just ended up happening uh, throughout yeah. the trades that he's done and things like that. And I will say, him and I have had conversations. I love what he's doing with the trades and the picks. But it's a couple of them that I'm just not quite sure about. Like Gazuli trading up to that to make sure that he, you know, gets his guy. Absolutely love that because he was definitely not going to make it to the later picks that Raptors had. So I love that. That was a great trade to go ahead and grab him. Mooch, he did a phenomenal job in, da- in Dallas with the amateur event that we had down there. Um, really turned it up. And then momentum carried over. I think that really uh, shed a light into his capabilities. And, of course, he went ahead and played off the league bench last year, things like that as well. Hom, another great pick at lock. Love those. Seam at center is the biggest question mark that not only me, but I think a lot of people have, right? Like this team will go as far as Seam can take them in fives. I don't think he'll play threes, but that's the biggest thing. It's like if Seam is playing center, what's the game plan, right? And to me, I was like, maybe it's the add and drop situation that you can now do for the first time in the league. Cool, but Shane, you can correct me if I'm wrong or anyone else that knows this. I believe you have to have two assets to do that. I believe the Raptors have one asset now. So it's like, it's so you're pretty much with this team now. You've got one asset remaining. You can make one trade, but this is almost your ride and die. And that's the biggest question mark for me is are you willing to go down with Seam if it doesn't work out? Too harsh? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we keep it real here. Like, I, I think, you know, to echo what you said off the top, like, you know, listen, I believed in in the guys that uh, we had, you know, I've always believed in Kenny. And to be honest, I mean, going back three, four seasons, we said, hey, Kenny, if the game changes and all of a sudden it becomes more of a stage guard type league, like you're a guy, you're a depth guy, you could, you you could reinvent your career in a lot of different roles. And uh, there were times, you know, like when we had picks last year, where we had dimes, Kenny, and, um, you know, our high pick that we ended up getting Fanta with. And, 
we talked about, you know, who is the right guard to ask to change roles. And it was like, at first, a coin flip between Dimes going to center and Kenny going to something else, right? Perhaps Locke, for instance, maybe even center, which he's he's kind of dabbled in from time to time with us. Um, so, you know, we always kind of, I always kind of thought like, Kenny can play in this league almost as long as he wants. He's just such a good guy to have in a locker room. And like, it's such an asset for organizations, especially when there were six player rosters, right? Like then it would have been like a no brainer. This guy could have played for probably, probably for another decade. But we yeah. always wondered whether he would continue to be a point guard uh, and i know he really locked in and took it seriously and said i'm going to be the guard you know this off season so i was looking forward to being able to see that but i can say you know as biased as i probably am towards kenny um we sat down and looked at the trades and uh roy was incredibly well researched and prepared and it was like okay this is something we have to do you know and like you said you know he came in with a broom i don't think he did come in with a broom saying i'm going to completely clean house i think he kind of <laughs> approached it method 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 methodologic what why can't I not speak right now? It's the internet. Methodically? Slagging. Methodically. Methodically thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it was a yeah, lag, Phil. It, it was a lag. <laughs> exactly. It was. That's all it was. It was, we all it, it. I My brain didn't stutter. It was the internet. Um, you know, and and uh, to look then at, you know, at the beginning of the offseason, I kind of knew what was on the table as far as the players we had and what, and what you know, assets were available. To look at the number of assets that uh, Roy was able to stack up to rebuild with, it was very impressive. You know, uh, he really, I think, played his cards well, even though, again, I would have loved to see Kenny a point guard. I, I, you know, excited to see him with the Warriors. I've always been a fan of Charlie and I like that organization. Yeah. So I'm glad he landed there. That's great. Um, I don't know enough about the draft class to know about the picks. I'm, I love hearing your reaction sure. to Gazuli and Hom. You know, I think yeah. when the number of guards that went that early in the in the draft, um, you know, Hom at 13 probably got to be a pretty good lock, right? Uh, yeah, it seemed like was, there weren't too many locks he, off the table. Yeah, absolutely. Him and him and uh, sub. Just I feel like you could have you could have interchanged them and it would have been fine. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And you talk you talk about the Warriors. The Warriors themselves also let Gradient go to Atlanta. Someone that's been with them for such a long yeah, time. So that, if anyone knows about too. picking up a veteran and losing a veteran, you want to talk about mm -hmm. empathy? Warriors gaming squad, they're the one. Yeah. And and we had again dimes went to center last year and look at what happened right and now he was the first center off the board I believe this year, um, so you know guys who have played guard can't make that transition I you know has Seam ever played center have you seen him in pro am or anything play center so in pro am he has but I won't lie and say I've watched him tremendously because again it's like right. hey if you're playing a position that I don't think you're playing in the league I'll make a note right. of it similar to how when we speaking of dimes I remember calling the WR select draft. And it was dimes at center. And we were like, okay, this is cute. Maybe you're bored with the league stuff and you're trying center out. But then, you know, the more we thought about it, it's like, okay, this man actually wants to play center. So we'll make a mental note of it, but won't come back unless we really need to. Uh, yep. From my understanding and from the conversations that are happening, Phil, it's like, hey, Seam has never played center in the league, but that doesn't mean you can't excel at it. Obviously, we saw dimes do that, but is dimes the exception to the rule? We'll find out. I mean, I mean, he he's a gifted player. I mean, he you know his validation is he won a title. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah, like you know, and maybe that's you know maybe that alone was enough for to inspire others to be like, okay, well, we're confident in our skill set. Maybe we can approach it and apply it to another position, right? Maybe that's kind of what they're thinking with Seam. I mean, Seam's a great player, right? Like no one's going to debate that. Right. It's just like I don't think center. I don't care how long I've well, been. Out I would have loved you know, to like see center when I think Seam. I don't know. Yeah, and that's that's the conversation. Is like would have loved to see Seam back at the two, right? Yeah. But then it's like when you've got Mooch, when you've got Gazuli, it's like all right, 
you're drafting them to go ahead and play their special their specialty, their positions, right? That kind of made it clear that, hey, Seems playing the four or the five. Then you go ahead and get put back. It's like, hey, Seems playing the five. <laughs> Unless you do an ad drop situation, which makes sense because of the way 5v5 is going to be played in the second half. But, you know, again, with the ad drop situation, with the assets that I believe y'all have left, ride or die, Seems. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. If you're rebuilding and you're in the position we were in where we didn't have high picks. In fact, we didn't even have a first, right? You got to remember, yeah. we came into the offseason with players. And again, as much as I believe in type Saint and Kenny, you know, I think there was probably the most trade interest in Saint at the beginning of the offseason, but there wasn't mm -hmm. a lot being thrown at them. And um, yeah, and, with, and, not, and without even a first of our own uh, to be able to have that many uh, picks, you know, two in the first round, et cetera. Actually, was it three in the first round? They ended up trading up or two and they traded up the one and then um, got the 10th. You know, just a, a, you got to start with a rebuild somewhere, right? So you're not necessarily going to get all five of the players you want when you're in like the of first course. year of, of a rebuild, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do though. I think, you know, if the level of preparation that's gone into the draft and the effort and attention to detail that I've seen throughout the off season uh, translates to, you know, the regular season and the way that they prepare, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, these guys are able to get as much out of this lineup as anyone in the league could. And I think I mean, look, everyone... we all know like, yeah, I was just saying, we all know nobody plays 100% in the games, right? So it's like the, oh, the teams that can play closest to 100% of their practice potential can beat any team in the league on any given night when those nerves start hitting and people just aren't quite playing the same way, right? Yeah, I mean, look, everyone's got a game plan until you get punched in the mouth, right? Then what do you do? <laughs> you know, and I know, and I know exactly. Roy's big on analytics. Him and I have talked about that a couple of years ago, so it's great to kind of see it all translate back. Um, but... Everyone's got a game plan. Clearly, y'all do as well. Like I said, love the guards, love the lock. Putback was, you know, solid. Could have played better last year with Hawkstown and GC. Let's see how he does up north now. Um, but, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens when y'all get punched in the mouth because you, you had a game plan with Fanta last year, right? Threes <laughs> were supposed to be your thing. But the man yeah. that you picked, what was it, seventh overall in 2022 is now out of the draft. So it's kind of like, hey – that's yeah. a fun one to revisit. Who who came, who was drafted after him? <laughs> who was drafted after seventh last year that uh, is back as a point guard this year? I would have to. Are you asking that because you yeah. know the answer? <laughs> no, no, yeah, you're right. That's probably bad form, right? No, I'm I'm asking you because I expect you to be the expert. Ball uh, no, like but just, you know. Steam. <laughs> <laughs> right, but we got that guy. But he's switching positions, though. So did you get that guy, or did you get a different Maybe version not. of we got, that? We got a different version. Same human. Same human, different player. <laughs> Same human. Time you just got to reinvent yourself. I mean, that's true IRL, and apparently it's true in the game as well. So, I mean, I'm eager to see what kind of results uh, rappers can produce. I mean, this organization has definitely had some success in the past, for sure. Got a couple yeah. banner chains. So there's no reason to think, like, they can't. And like you said, Roy, like, very analytical, well-thought out guys so i i it's a little radical when i first kind of started catching up on everything going on i was definitely scratching my head but i'm gonna reserve judgment until we see a first couple of games now the of real course. question too is what do you think that the team might excel the most in threes or fives yeah the threes 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 and I, and you know and, and i agree with you 100 look I, I, and i want to make it clear i'm excited to see the raptors play because i'm excited for gazuli gazuli range the memes that are going to happen i am very excited to see the electricity that Mooch and Gazuli are going to bring, right? It, it, 
should be flabbergastingly great to watch. That word may not have worked perfectly in that <laughs> sentence, but we'll move on from it. Um, to answer your question, though, Phil. Better than my mistake. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, to answer your question, though, threes. Threes, man. Like, whether it's going to be whatever lineup you have, whether it's uh, Mooch, Gazuli, and Ham, or whether you have put back in the mix as well, or Seam goes ahead and gets a shot to do his thing. Of course, a lot of it is going to depend on the league build as well and who kind of is able to adjust to what. Uh, because you're going into the draft having an idea of what the league build is going to look like. Yep. The world and their grandmas are waiting for a popper to come back, but we may not get that in season six. But I say that to like, hey, you also are drafting a team because you're assuming what the league build may look like because of previous years. You're also looking at Pro-Am and how they can adjust this, that, the other. But I think threes is where the Raptors will excel a little bit more than five. Five v five. All right, fair enough. I, I eager. I'm eager to see to expand on that too. Sorry if I'm hogging this up, Shane. Um, given everything that you've seen take place, what teams do you think are best equipped to go to championship championship contention for threes and fives right now? Like after all this smoke is clear, what are you looking yeah. at, and what catches your eye immediately for those teams? I think majority of teams that only needed about one or two players are the ones that are best set up. So I'm talking about 76ers, right? They just needed one lock. Who did they get? They got underrated goat, AKA Eli, the same exact lock that they had last year. The only person that's new there is DJ money that got through the trade with the Hornets. Um, besides that, everyone's the same. And I think that chemistry, you know, so much conversation happens around like, hey, does chemistry matter? Do you need to be best friends or just load up in the game and go to your room type thing? I think chemistry matters absolutely. And bringing back the same guys and gals to be on your team, I think that really helps with schemes, rotations, rapport, all that stuff on and off the court. Uh, so I think they're definitely one of the favorites. Um, T-Wolf, similar thing. Obviously, you went ahead and got uh, Clampism, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the draft. But you've got Baron Kai coming back, Slaughter, tip-off MVP there. So he's definitely looking to make some noise. But the team that I think drafted the best with moves, Hawks Talent GC, I am biased, shout out A, uh, and Pacers Gaming, right? Cody, he's been waiting. He's been that. Pacers Gaming have been like a revolving door. Come in, come out. There's that Simpson meme where, you know, you come in, put your hat up, take it out, and go back out. I feel like that's what the Pacers have been lately. Yeah. But now they've got green light, they've got snags. Uh, they've got range, big range from last year as well. So, you know, they're, they're looking to make some noise. I believe Chess is over there playing the two. Love what they're doing in terms of how well they drafted because they needed four people. They needed four solid picks. They got the job done. And, I mean, Hawks Talent GC, you get the best shooting guard with the number one overall pick. Thankfully, they didn't miss on that so far on paper. And then you also got Gradient, one of the top five locks with the trade from Warriors Gaming Squad. That's huge. Now you've got Hot yes, Shot baby. that's going to need to elevate his game. Right. Um, so very excited to see what the Hawks do, man. Because Hawks last year were like a 3v3 team, maybe not a 5v5 team. But now I think they're well-rounded. Yeah, they've struggled for a while. Um, who's, uh, who's the guard who's dribble god? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm blanking on his BP. name. He's been in the league. BP, is he still in the league or is he out? Yeah. He is not. He's... BP announced his retirement um, after last season's after last season yes, so right. in the offseason he announced his retirement yeah and uh unfortunately you know wish him the best i believe he's looking to be a influencer streamer whatever his game plan is i think he also tweeted that he may come back and that's the thing is like sometimes you just need a break man because like yeah. all of us are on air we do different things right um sometimes you just need a break it is not mentally easy to play the game consistently at a competitive level season off season whatever 
you know? So yeah. you need a little Especially in a losing season, man. It's demoralizing, you know? Yeah. That's one of the things that's like the yeah, man. the craziest thing about this is how badly everyone wants to get drafted and the effort yeah. and like you know you see how active things are on Twitter in the off season everyone's trying to put their best foot forward and then people are feeling slighted by lists and comments and you know then there's yeah. you know a lot of shots being fired and whatnot everyone just wants to get drafted <laughs> and then you get drafted and it's like most people are going to be on a losing team you know and like the yeah. experience of being on a losing team is tough so you really like have to prepare yourself for you are about to work really really hard to even if you get drafted more than likely end up on a losing team and uh, everyone will end their season on a loss other than one team so it's crazy you to know make you got to be base. in love with the process yeah. yeah and you you called bp a dribble god for a very good reason but unfortunately the dribble god as good as he is unfortunately has had majority of losing seasons i believe that he has had winning seasons you know what i mean like he hasn't made a lot of money as he would have liked for his family for himself and that's the reality of things well reality of any competitive thing whether it's esports or sports or other cases maybe it is not easy people you know i talk to my friends and they're like wait these folks get to just play video games for a living and it's like yes but like just like any other job it is tough it is brutal you know yeah it's a lot of work. Can't no call in sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially now with five-player rosters. Yes. Yeah. Do you think they should reinstate this? Like, I mean, I'm sure it's like a budget thing, which no. obviously makes a lot of sense. But do no. you think? No? Okay. No. <laughs> really? You're, you're out of respect to you, though. Out of, out of respect to you, though, finish the question. <laughs> well, I was going to say, do you, do you think it'd be a good idea to reinstate the sixth man just for like, a, you know, I remember personally, I remember seasons one and two, like when you had a really good sixth man, like just kind of screaming for you, sometimes that was enough to rally the troops, man. And like the fact you could sub him into um, was always a really good look, I felt like as well. And like a little bit of a plan B, but like I just feel like I don't know. Like I feel like that guy on the sideline, man. I feel like that really matters. I mean, you mentioned like camaraderie is a big thing. I don't know having somebody just rooting for you, no matter you know what team is up there, your record, all that. Shit. Like I feel like it was a good look. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's great. All those traits, characteristics, personalities. Find that at least one of the five individuals that you have. You know what I mean? Like mm, to fair. me, and, and look, let me be very clear. When I was arrogant, when I came into the 2K League as a fan in season three and actually tried to make the, you know, make the league in season four and got brought back to reality, being a six man was the only opportunity I had, right? Because I had the numbers, I had the analytics, I'm a streamer, I can be funny nine times out of 10. But like, other than that, I wasn't good at the game. And to me, a six man sometimes gets picked with that type of personality and different things like that. So like, I understand the importance of a six man and all of that. But the reason I'm perfectly happy with the league getting rid of it is because it puts more pressure on the teams and the GMs and the coaches to do their homework that much more and not have any more buffer room for mistakes. And I love the intensity being turned up, which is why. And then, you know, you now have an adjustment with this whole ad drop rule that teams are going to be have to smart about. Let's see how that works into play and what the rules are and how they utilize that as well. But not nah, man, I'm. It's unfortunate that more individuals can't be a part of the league, but hey, expansion teams are coming left and right. We've now got two for two straight years. Excuse me, we've gotten one for two straight years, so two total yep. in the past two years. Um, opportunities are on the horizon. So many new coaches have been able to come from the community. We talked about me coming from the community. Head coach Roy himself has come from the community. I was looking at DMs, and him and I talked a couple of years ago about like analytics and nerding out from the community. Coach Juice with Dukes Infinitos coming from the community. Right, so so many folks are getting that opportunity, 
Uh, turns up the pressure and I love it, especially because I get to yap about who's good and not bad and does not affect my paycheck no matter how well. <laughs> so I, I agree I got the easy job. I agree yeah. I got the easy job. You want to see a couple of Led Zeppelins go down. Yeah. You know? Gives you something to talk about. So you already kind of said, uh, yeah. you already kind of said uh, who, you know, the, the most shocking pick and kind of identified a couple teams that uh, you thought won the draft last night. What's like the next big storyline? Like, was there anything in particular, a, a reaction, anything like that, that kind of caught the community? We talked about Bougie being such a surprise pick. I think the folks that unfortunately did not, well, let me, let me talk about two individuals that I'm happy, so happy they got drafted. Uh, Merck. Very happy for him. Um, he's been, you know, he's been trying to go for the league. Unfortunately, didn't make it two straight years. Wasn't sure if he was going to this year, but he finally. Yeah, we had him on our board the next back game. Then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we, we can touch on that. Yeah, power forward. Yeah. Uh, goes by Birch now, I believe. Is Merck Birch? Whatever. I want to go with Merck. It's um, easy for me to pronounce there. But happy for him and happy for Glowski, another individual tried to make the league for three straight years, two times, couldn't get in. That Kings pick was the one I was keeping an eye on with Dimes just going there. Dimes and uh, Glow played with Breakout together. Thought that might have been the pick, but they went with Carey instead. Um, and you can you can just kind of see whenever they do those listen-ins or those tune-ins on camera, and you would see Glowski's face, who's got his mom in the crowd as well. But thankfully, he got picked. Very happy for those two individuals. I am sad that Big Perm, a.k.a. Lawyer Turn 2K Pro, uh, didn't make it to the league. Um, you had JB tweeted out that on his board with Nick and everybody else, it was Clampism, who was Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the draft, and then Big Perm, right? Um, so, you know, you talked about, Shane, how Merck was on your board, and sometimes the folks at home don't understand. It's a 50-50. It's either this guy that guy. It's either this gal, that gal. And depending on how the draft goes, especially in those later rounds, you take who you can get, best available. So big perm, very sad for him not to get drafted. He might need to switch positions to one that is more available possibly to give him a little bit of versatility. Uh, maybe lock could be a way for him to go. And then of course, Trey Dallas was, I think the biggest thing, the way that he competed in Dallas next to spam with ESGN. I really thought that kind of solidified him being in the 2K league. Um, sad to not see him be a part of season six for now, for now, because again, add and drop, I'll mention it. I'll be a broken record. That could really give these folks an opportunity to go ahead and get back in the league. And lastly, not elite shooter for threes. Really thought he would have been solid. I mean, we got a chance, uh, Shane, to see him in Toronto uh, mm -hmm. near Halloween when he won the tournament um, in that lovely studio, by the way. Really thought he was going to get picked. That guy is good. I don't know how he didn't get picked. I, I thought that was amazing. But since we're on it, you know. Scout out, uh, shout the North because a couple Canadians got in. So sub goaded, I think went fourteenth to Cavs, yep. and uh, yep. and native thirty six to Warriors. Native, uh, yeah. So Very that'll be a little icebreaker for Kenny and and him to get to know each other. Talking about yeah. Toronto, and then uh, our guy Doug's. I'm seeing in the notes that uh, the powers that be behind the show feel he would have been drafted had he not been removed from the pool. I don't know if there's any intel on what happened there. If that's a personal thing, but uh, disappointing because Doug's has been my guy for a while. Yeah, um, you know, based on, I'm just going to talk about what was public and based on him tweeting it, unfortunately, I don't think he was part of the pool. I do believe that it was his best chance to get back in the pool, especially he's been killing it on the PlayStation side of things. Again, dominated in Dallas just a couple of weeks before the draft. 
Um, but to the powers that be, you know, just wasn't able to get the chance to be drafted. Um, and it is what it is, unfortunately. And but wish him the best of luck too. A question for you, because I saw Kenny tweeting about it, and you know, I didn't keep close tabs on what was going on in the off season, but I saw a time at uh, that recent tournament, that pro am tournament. Did Timely Cook stand a chance at uh, getting picked up this year, or was that a pipe dream? I believe there was only a couple of teams that would have picked him up. And I think one of them, to me, um, and I'm not all-knowing, but one of them, the best chance I think he had was T-Wolves Gaming to play the four, possibly. Uh, or the three, depending on if TB wanted to sh- you know, shift around or not. But he, the shift that he played so great last season, I don't know why you'd move him from the three. But I think Timely Cook, his best chance, in my uninformed opinion, would have been T-Wolves Gaming. But again, you had Clampism up there still, and you had Big Perm up there. And based on the tweets and conversations I've had, it looked like Timely Cook might have been the third or fourth option. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, when you're the third or fourth option for a team at power forward, you really need things to go your way. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. So Pipe Dream, I think he had a legit shot. Unfortunately, it wasn't a 50-50. For me, it was more so like a 20-80 mm-hmm. and the 81 out. It's too bad. I would have loved to see him back in the league for yeah. sure. He was on the yeah, league I bench last bad. year. Yeah, he was yeah, on the league bench last he year. He played for T-Wolves uh, at one D- point, right? I, I don't think he subbed in for T-Wolves, no. I, thought he I don't did. think he did. I could okay. be wrong. Could be wrong. I, I don't remember him. I remember one of us him is playing. wrong. That's for sure. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, usually me. I'll take it. That's what my mom tells me. <laughs> um, but maybe he'll end up on the league bench. Maybe he'll be picked up again, get an opportunity. The same way, seldom. I mean, amateur player of the year doesn't get drafted. The f- only one, mainly because it's the first one, but still, that's a headline, <laughs> right? Um, and maybe he knew he wasn't going to get drafted because he didn't show up in New York for the draft, as far as I know. Mm. So, so many storylines. I could yap about it all day. Um, but that's why you love the league, man. That's why you love doing this, right? Because so many I love the draft aspect so of the 2K sports. league. The draft, I think, you know, of, on the list of things that they did really well, I think the draft was just such a great idea to kind of always keep it oh, this yeah. way and not let it function like other esports leagues because you would have just had like so you're not a fan of signing so dynamic. I, I am a fan of signing in in certain esports. I think you know this esport makes it tougher, right? Like I think if you know it would just be a thing. I think it would be used as a loophole. People would just not. Um, declare for things or intentionally uh you know throw interviews and stuff like that knowing that they can just be signed by the team they actually want to go and play for i saw one tweet came through the group chat with the raptors uh leadership uh where someone was saying i'm just going to keep it a buck and i'm sure you know who it is like if you're not this team or this team don't don't draft me right and it's like you look at that (laughs) and you're like you know it's crazy that he does that so publicly and in the open but if you condemn him for doing it or punish him in some way or draft, you know, manipulation yeah. or whatever, that's not going to stop the problem. It's just going to be less public than that. You know what I mean? Like people right. have always been saying this I've, as a GM people, I used to get DMS all the time, you know, being like, don't draft me. I'm not trying to come there, you know, et cetera. So people have been trying to kind yeah. of manipulate their way well, onto course. specific rosters forever. But you know, it's, uh, it's an unfortunate thing. Now, I think that having as much structure as they have around the around the draft is good. Like you see how dynamic these teams are. You know, no team has ever ever really been able to remain dominant. I mean, maybe had um, 
had uh, Jack not retired, you know, Wizards would still right. be dominant. I can see that have being a you know a dynasty. They'd have had three. They'd have had three. They would have had three. Oh, They'd yeah. have had three. I mean, they made they made it back to the finals without him. So yeah, absolutely. That was crazy. Um, <laughs> but here's a, you know, and Phil, I don't know what you think about it, but may, I don't know if I'm in the majority of the minority here, but I respect the tweet that went out. I don't know if we're allowed to say the individual's name, so I won't. But it is public, so I think it's fine. But whatever, yeah, you can say it. I respect it. Okay, so I think it's I think it's perfectly fine that Greenlight went ahead and tweeted that out because I think, regardless of what any individual's reasons are, I respect his. He's got things going on that are important to him. He's made it public, so I'm okay talking about it. And in those situations, you've got to stay closer to family. You got to stay closer to home. I believe Shane, you recently got engaged. Congratulations to you. I know I'm hella late, but still. But it's like you understand how important it is to stay connected and this, that, and the other. And so many players in the league have families, have kids, and all this other stuff. You got to go ahead and take care of your own, right? So I respect it. Um, and like you said, people have been doing it since season one. It happens mm -hmm. all day, every day. This yep. dude was just confident enough to make it public, to put some pressure. And, you know, that blazer pick came in a little bit late. It, it took them a minute. And I don't know if it's because of what. Maybe they wanted to go green light. Maybe they didn't. I have no idea. But I know as I'm seeing the picks come in, it was yep. bop, bop, bop. But that Blazer 5-1, Phil, was uh, hang on a second. Why is it taking a few minutes? Lo and behold, <laughs> they go with Claude. Uh, we'll yep. see how happy Claude is with that one along with Chaos. But I respect it is what I was saying. With green light, I respect it. Family first, everything else second. Yeah, well – Here's to uh, another draft and looking forward to uh, a sixth season of the 2K League. And I don't know if you guys heard that, but I think my doorbell just rang. And that means okay. that I've once again beat Phil with the Uber Eats delivery. It's what just else a car. Do, bro? The traffic is just a lot better here than it is out in Bougie LA where Phil lives. Uh, so <laughs> Not that's a wrap. We got to eat, uh, eat our lunch. India, anything you want to say before we sign off? No, man, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely love what Raptors are doing. Obviously, content was, yeah. you know, everything that you guys do so well. Really looking forward to see what the rookie head coach Roy does uh, with his five gamers. And hopefully, hopefully you can have the season, the success you had in season three. Um, but uh, looking forward to season six and the tournaments that you guys put on in person. Loved it. Looking forward to more of those as well. And uh, look forward to being clipped and possibly having a little social media hit because I was wrong about the whole seam situation. But that seems to be seen later down in the future. Yeah, we'll see if Roy Genius had it right all along. That's facts. <laughs> I do want to give, before we get out of here, I do want to give one big shout out. Like I know like some people who've obviously been in the league for a couple of years, maybe not making it back. I mean, I notice people like Moody, you know, Dave Fry, Yay, like they get opportunities still within the league, even not as a player. So I feel like if you're still you know, you want involvement in the league, like your opportunity as a player, maybe that's kind of winding down, but I think the league does a good job in creating other opportunities for folks. And they obviously pay attention a lot to people who are active, engaged in Twitter. So hopefully some of those guys can continue to pick up yeah. some success. Cause I think it's a good look. Deeming JT joining the broadcast, right? Yeah, yep. he's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. Pull up your shorts, tagline, all of him. He needs to get a t-shirt made. He'll make millions. So yeah, absolutely <laughs> love that the league tries to find ways to have their former pros get on the broadcast. The day Bear retires, I've lost my job. That's that's my final. Oh, no. 
Hope they get another right. championship this year, then. So, but no, that'll do it. Hey, India, you've been an amazing guest. Really appreciate you coming Thank to you. sharing your wisdom, you, insight, and some laughs with us for sure. Shane, as per usual, one of the goats. Love working with you, buddy. And you already know I'm just Phil. Nothing special. But this, of course, was the Raptors 2K podcast brought to you by, again by our friends at Uber Eats. So, thank you so much for watching. Like, comment, subscribe. And we'll catch you on the next one.